Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Let's welcome our A-team guest, uh, Professor David Richard Wellwain, who is a professor of technology management at the University of Pretoria and also a visiting fellow at the Technical University of Graz in Austria. Thank you very much for joining us, Professor Wellwain. It's a great pleasure, Patricia, and good evening to your listeners. I loved your introduction. It was so, it was a breath of fresh air, and I'm still laughing about going to bed with the onesies. Um. <laughs> do you do that, though? I, I do, unashamedly so. Maybe it's because I have to sleep by myself, but, I mean, does it matter? No, but especially now, I mean, with Eskom, you know, cutting the power, you need to go to bed fully dressed. I agree, absolutely agree, because that, um, you know, um, electric blanket is not going to work 24-7 if that's what you are counting on and wanted to go in in a, in a, a very nice uh, piece. So you um, have given us an article here, uh, Professor, um, titled What It Will Take for South Africa's Ailing Power Utility to Keep Going. I'd like you to articulate a bit more about the, the, what, what the contents of this article um, are. Great. Okay. So just to give you a little bit of background, I was approached by the conversation to write this article in response to the Eskom media statement, Jan Oberholzer, who's their chief operating officer. He made the statement about the build program saying that South Africa needed to get on, stop talking and get a move on with the build program, meaning this is the build, building of new capacity for electricity production in South Africa. And he gave this figure that we need another 40 gigawatts of capacity. So I was partly writing in response to that press statement. And then I was asked, well, why at the same time, don't you make some suggestions about how to fix the problem in the short term? because it's going to take obviously years to build new capacity. And so I looked at the ESKIM data portal. ESKIM publish every day the information about what stations are running and which ones are not running and what the input is to the system from wind power and solar power and concentrated solar power and pumped hydro and all the different sources of energy that they use in order to keep the grid going. And so I did, uh, I, you know, I did a little bit of analysis and I came to three important, I think quite important results from the analysis. So the first one is that peak power demand is down very considerably from 2021 values. So in the peak, which is really in the period four o'clock to say seven o'clock in the, in the afternoon. So it's late afternoon, early evening. We used to demand or use in the system about, I'll give you a number, 35 gigawatts. Uh, I'm sure the listeners not, won't all understand what a gigawatt is, but we now are in the region of about 30 maximum, 30, 29 to 30 maximum power demand um, in that period. So that was the first, and that's quite a shock really. Um, the average power demand is not down more than 5%, but this peak is down very considerably. And I mean, it's partly the consequence, I think, of the fact that 
we're in a recession in the country and we've had you know COVID and a lot of people are unemployed and there's just not money in households for electricity and so the peak um, demand is down. The second, I think, the second important reason, I think, is because a lot of big businesses are now finding alternative energy sources, so they're generating power in-house and they're not drawing from the grid. Um, and the third one is that Eskom is simply cutting off people. So municipalities that are not paying are being cut off. And so that was the contributing factor. Now, I don't have specific data on all of those three, but I think that's what's happening. So that was the first thing. The second thing was that if we want a short-term solution to the problem, Eskom should be running its pumped hydro scheme. So these are hydroelectric schemes where they pump water up and down the escarpment. So they pump it up the escarpment and then they let it down during the day to generate power. And those schemes are only running at about 30% capacity. And if we ran them at 100%, we would have another two gigawatts of, of power in the system. And that would that's exactly what we need to stop this load shedding that we are presently experiencing. Professor Wellen. So that was the second point. And then the third point, Professor, very briefly. Professor, before you go to the third point, the second point that you have made of pumping the water, um, would, would that be more cost effective as to what we are hearing ESCOM is spending on a daily basis to keep the power up? It definitely is cheaper than, um, than diesel. So diesel costs about six rand a kilowatt hour, maybe a little bit less depending on the station, maybe four rand fifty to six rand a kilowatt hour. And Eskom sells its power for about um, 80 cents to 90 cents. And in some cases, directly consumers to consumers that say one rand fifty or two rand a kilowatt hour. So it loses a lot of money when it has to use diesel. And the cost of hydro is about um, 50 cents a kilowatt hour. So it's one twelfth of the cost or one eighth of the cost of diesel. All right, so it's much more cost-effective. A-teamers, please join in on the conversation. We are talking to Professor David Richard Wellwain, uh, who is a Professor of Technology and Management at the University of Pretoria and also a visiting uh, fellow at the Technical University of Graz in Austria. And we're talking about power, the power utility, electricity. Can we keep our lights on? What can be done to make sure that the power utility that we are so reliant on, ESCOM, is able to keep the lights on for you and us? and all the businesses around our country. 011-714-2006. That's where you can call in for questions or comments. After the break, uh, Prof, please do come back with your third pointer from your article. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Social Conversations. Well, let's continue with our conversation with Professor uh, David Richard Wellwain, um, Professor of Technology Management at the University of Pretoria and Visiting Fellow at the Technical University of Graz in Austria, talking what it will take for ESCOM to keep the power going. So, Prof, you've given us uh, your first two pointers from your article. What is the third one? The third point is really about the extent of the problem at the moment. Um, I mean, there are obviously some very significant 
shortages when Eskom loses a whole unit. Um, you know, for instance, like they might use a whole lose a whole unit at Madupi, as happened recently. But at the moment, our shortfall is very small. It's only two percent of the total energy that's supplied by Eskom. And that's a very surprising result also because there's so much attention in the media about this issue. You would think that the country's electricity system was on its knees, but actually 98% of the time, the electricity system works fine. It works, everyone gets power. So we are being um, hobbled, if you like. We are um, we, we're kind of a little bit obsessed about this 2%. Um, which is the load shedding proportion. And I was quite surprised by that figure when I found that that's the extent of the load shedding. And it suggests that there should be a relatively, a relatively easy solution. Um, and I, the one solution that I've suggested is this issue about getting more out of the pumped hydro. But I, you know, the, in a way, the biggest problem in, in the last five years has been the political interference in the build program. So in 2019, um, South Africa adopted the integrated resource plan, but before that even it implemented the renewable energy independent power producers procurement program. And that program was basically frozen for five years. And if we had not done that, we today we wouldn't have this evening load shedding that we've been experiencing in May. So the whole pattern of load shedding where Eskom um, implements stage two load shedding from say four o'clock or five o'clock at night until 10 o'clock, um, that we would not be having. And I think the, the most important point really about that is that we have a, still have a political problem in respect of the governance of the energy system. And I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but the minister is a big problem and so is the department, that they at this point are culpable for this, um, what I would call incidental load shedding. It's not devastating load shedding that we're presently having. Well, uh, we've been told uh, via media from the power utility that we should be expecting uh, for the next five to 10 years, this sort of uh, on and off of our power. Is it reasonable for us to expect just five to 10 years, but we are not seeing any action plan? We are not seeing any mitigation factors coming in to prove that something will be done to solve it. I, don't, I mean, I think that at this point, um, given that so little is happening in some areas, um, it's not reasonable. But I mean, having said that, um, in the, at the beginning there in the State of the Nation address, the president said, these are the things that are going to be done. And so far we're on track with those. So the one was to um, get the renewable energy program back on track to open bid window six to close bid window five and those things are happening so we are seeing some movement in building renewable energy capacity but some of the big decisions that we need are not being taken and 
you know, we have all these antique power stations. So, um, you know, Kendall and I mean, Cam, Komati, Camden, Hrutfle, Hengina, Anna, Creel, and Matla. I mean, Komati is now, I think it's 45 or maybe 50 years old. It was built in 1961 in that region. So that makes it 61 years old, actually. <clears throat> and it's, it should have been shut down quite a while ago. Um, just to give you, I mean, uh, the environmental side of these old power stations is a disaster. And <clears throat> the Department of Environment actually instructed them to um, close, which they have not done. Um, and it's a bit like you can imagine you driving a car which doesn't have a roadworthy and the police stop you and you say to them, well, sorry, I'm going to keep on driving this car because I can't afford to pay for the brakes. Um, and it's just not good enough with those power stations are all going to be closed at some point. And then we will have this ongoing and persistent load shedding issue. Oh, my goodness. It seems like a long way to go. So you were speaking about um, the trends, the power supply trends um, in South Africa in the article. Could you take us through some of the trends uh, that uh, you have noted? The two trends that are important, I mean, first of all, um, the, in the article, I showed the daily uh, pattern of electricity demand and it the demand is lower at night and then it builds up in the morning and it reaches a kind of a plateau during the day and then there's the evening peak. Um, now the first point is that the overall demand is lower in the system and the inference from that is that uh, people are either making alternative arrangements or they're not able to afford power. So they're not buying electricity or they are making alternative arrangements. And I think the, um, the implications of that are quite drastic for, the, for ESKIM and also for the municipalities. And that's why we've seen in the last two months all of the major municipalities announcing that they're going to be making their own plans to, to, to acquire power, to buy power, not from ESCOM. Um, and so that they're going to procure power from independent power producers if they possibly can. And this, I mean, this was uh, the president said that municipalities which have a clean balance sheet um, are will be permitted to approach independent power producers and buy power, not through ESKIM, to use alternative sources of supply. So ESKIM is facing a, a, a quite a dire situation, which is that unless they solve this problem, they're going to lose customers. Um, and that means that over time, the utility will die. And basically that was the second, that was the other point that I, about the trend is that um, ESKIM, like many other major electricity utilities all around the world, is in a death spiral at the moment. And that's why the um, COO, Jan Oberhalser, said, we need to get a move on with the build program. Well, uh, Prof, as uh, we wrap up, what are your closing comments? Any hope for us? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, I really don't want to dampen your spirits. You started off so enthusiastically. <laughs> I don't think anything can <laughs> dampen my spirits. you still got the whole evening to get through and now... I am, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't think anything can dampen my spirit because I'm dressed so warmly. I'm not even reliant on electrical heating anymore. So <laughs> alternatives are working. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I mean, I, I think that there's, uh, it's interesting that there's a, a, a lot of positive people who are able to do things in the country. Um, and even if this political problem persists, um, and government is unable to resolve the conflict between those who believe in coal and gas and those who believe in renewable energy and rebuilding the system in the cheapest possible way. Um, even if that conflict persists, I think that the country will find a way forward. It may not be the way forward that Eskom wants, but I think we will. So, I mean, the positive note that one would end with is that the cost of what we call distributed energy systems. So these would be things like rooftop solar or small scale wind or small scale hydro or so, um, solar plus battery energy storage. The cost of that is has fallen radically. It's now half the price of nuclear and coal. And so even if Eskom were to collapse, we would have an alternative. And I think that's a very positive development for everyone in the country is that maybe we just have to become more independent of the national grid um, if government is not going to solve the problem themselves. Sure. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank you, Prof. Um, are you currently in Austria? I am, and I can tell you it's not cold here. It's quite warm. Um, I feel so, jealous. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to make you um, yeah, jealous of No, I'm, I'm, I'm already jealous that you're in Austria, and I'm sure the power supply is just um, much, much better than what we have here. So enjoy it. Well, the lights are still on, but just the last comment. Uh, if yeah. there were, you said that maybe the listeners would like to engage, if there have mm. been any questions, of course, they can always um, write to me at the university. Uh, please give, give us your contact details. And it's uh, you'll find me on the university site, but it's just straight david.walwin at up.ac.za. Excellent. And I'd be very happy to answer. Thank you so questions. very much, Prof. Really appreciate it. Enjoy your time in uh, Austria. Thank you, Patricia.